You're listening to Season 2, Episode 6 of How She Creates. Today, I have Crystal Moody back on the podcast sharing all about creative research and how to make your work more inspired and more meaningful. Make sure you listen all the way through because Crystal is giving away a copy of her brand new book on creative habits. So get excited and get ready to share and be a part of our community using the How She Creates hashtag. Welcome to How She Creates. I'm your creative fairy godmother, Lauren. I'm here to take you behind the scenes with all your favorite makers to learn how they create. We'll discuss what it means to live a creative lifestyle, the best resources and tools for making, where to find inspiration, and so much more. I hope these conversations encourage you to make more stuff and share it with the world so we can all see how you create. How She Creates is sponsored by Get Messy Art Journal. Get Messy is an art journal membership community that shares tutorials, inspiration, prompts, challenges, and more each week. Get Messy's goal is to help you nurture your creativity, become the artist you desire to be, and find your creative community. When you sign up for Get Messy's mailing list, you get access to three free classes. One on how to find your creative style, introduction to Art Journal 101, and Art Journal 102, Elevate Your Art Journaling. Get Messy has an amazing community of artists who are waiting to welcome and support you in your art journey. Learn more and sign up for Get Messy in their awesome newsletter at getmessyartjournal.com. Welcome to today's episode. I am very, very excited. Crystal Moody, Moody is one of my favorite personal creative heroes. I love reading her newsletters every week. They give me such a huge boost of inspiration. And one day I was just like, where is she finding all of these articles and resources? Um, And so I emailed her and I, I asked her and I asked her if she wanted to come on and share about how she finds so much inspiration in her work that influences so much of what she does and makes her artwork so unique. Um, but I just love the way that it's so research-based. And so we're really lucky that she's agreed to come on today and share with us. And she has some really great ideas and some really great suggestions for you. And so if you don't know who Crystal Moody is, you can find her at crystalmoody.com or on Instagram at crystalmoody. Crystal is a former art and math teacher, and in December of 2013, she was inspired by her daughter's huge pile of artwork, and so she challenged herself to start her own creative habit, and she started doing one little creative thing each day. And in 2014, she made a drawing every day, and she would photograph it with her breakfast, and they were beautiful photographs. And then in 2015, she painted every day. And this year, she is researching um, an artist who has passed away, and she is using Instagram as an incredible platform to educate the rest of us about each of the artists, and she is creating work inspired by them, and she's going to talk a lot about that today in her episode. So you're going to learn a lot about creative habits. She's actually been on the podcast before talking about creative habits and and art challenges and so you can find that episode and all of those show notes at lauren-likes.com slash podcast and so you can find all of today's episodes there again that's lauren-likes.com that's my blog and that's where I host and hold all of the 
um, show notes and links to everything that you're going to need from all of the episodes. And so you can connect with all of my artists, my guest artists there and meet them. But for today, I am really excited for you guys to get to meet Crystal and to start learning more about her. And so I can't wait. So let's dive right in. So Crystal, thank you so much for being here today. I'm really excited to chat with you again. Well, thanks for having me back. Yeah, you were on the podcast last season talking about creative habits, and that was a really fun episode. And it is October now, close to November. So this is a really good time for people to go back and listen to that episode so they can start thinking about a creative habit for 2018. I know. I'm already thinking about it and already making my plans. So, Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see what you do. Your, your uh, projects are always some of my favorite. Thank you. Um, so we'll make sure we link and let everybody um, make sure they have access to that episode and to all of your stuff because you are definitely the master at walking people through creative habits. And you have a whole program a year of creative habits. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, since I just did a weird brief intro for you, do you want to go ahead and do a full intro for us about yourself, about who you are? Oh, sure. Um, I'm Crystal Moody. Um, for a while, I was an art teacher. I taught high school and middle school art for a few years, and I really hated grading art. That was the worst part of that job, was giving a grade to a kid. Um, it happened all the time. You would have two students, and one student would spend 20 minutes on something, and it would look amazing. And you'd have another student who spent two weeks on it, and it really was still pretty terrible. And how do you grade those two when someone works so hard, and it came you know, so quickly and easily for the other person? So I just really, I, I was ready to leave that job, and I did. And then later, I, I taught math for a while. And I loved that. Um, math is right or wrong, and you either get it or you don't. If you don't, then we need to redo it, and we need to reteach it. And so everything was just, I loved that. Um, and then my husband got a new job, and we moved, and I didn't have a job for a while, and I felt really lost. And so in 2014, I started what I call a year of creative habits. Um, and it was just the idea of try, how do I can I build my creative habits, and I was going to do like a drawing or a sketchbook page a day for the whole year. And I kind of um, really researched creative habits that year and how, how can I make this work? And, and so that was a big turning point for me. Um, I was able to get through the whole year, uh, every single day, all 365. And that really changed, changed things. And so since then I've done um, yearly projects, different ones, and I figure if it's working, keep doing it. So that's where I'm at. Awesome. That is just amazing that you made it through the whole year. Um, I also did a project before I had met you, actually, and it was, um, what did I, oh goodness, it's been so long, I can't even remember it now. Um, but it was just a year of where I just did something creative every day, because um, I was just in the same place. I just wanted to challenge myself to just do something. And so I definitely didn't have parameters the way you did, but I just wanted to do something. And I did. And so for the whole year, every day I sat down and did something and I tracked it with the, um, oh my goodness, now I can't remember that name either. The Collect app. Is that what it's called? Oh yeah. Yeah. I think I've used that. Yeah. Is it, it yeah. Take, you take the photo and it puts yeah. it on a calendar kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. I use that. That was I love, really popular for a long time, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's fun because you can see the days build up and see the good days and the bad days. And, yeah, that's a really great way of doing it. Yeah, 
but I felt the same way. I, I felt like my creativity just grew so much, and a lot of it was just about getting that habit down. It wasn't necessarily that I grew in one um, medium or art form. It was just that I started doing stuff consistently. And so, and I know your program and kind of how you do things, you focus more in on a specific art form, and you can see the growth in that, and I love that. But that's not what we're here to talk about. (laughs) Um, So will you go all the way back to the beginning for us? Before you were an art teacher, can you tell us what your creative story is, how you ended up in the spot where you thought, I want to teach art? Um, Sure. Um, You know, people, all kids are creative, but I did not think of myself as creative. Um, I think that I didn't draw a lot. Um, I think maybe the kid in class that draws all the time gets labeled their creative kid and maybe some of the other ones are creative in other ways. But, um, since I didn't draw a lot and there was a kid in my class who did, she was always labeled the creative one. And so I didn't think of myself that way, even though I, I was, um, I was the kid that rearranged my bedroom like once a week and I built doll houses with board the boards from board games, I would make like multi-level little doll houses and I'd rearrange the dollhouse furniture. And, um, so I did a lot of creative things, but I didn't draw and wasn't really very good at drawing. Um, and so I think whenever I went to high school and then into college, I was drawn towards art classes and doing those things, but I kind of felt like, well, that's not me. And you know, that creative girl, that's for her. And so it took me a long time to let myself take those classes. Um, I didn't take an art class until my senior year of high school because I felt like I had to take all the academic classes first. And once I got all those done, then it was like, that was my reward. Um, And then the same thing in college, I did a lot of other things before I allowed myself to take an art class. But then once I did and I got in there with those college um, students and saw that I could hold my own, that was a big, a big change for me. You know, I I do just as well as they do. I do belong here and that kind of thing. Um, And so then I ended up in teaching art and getting my degree in that. And um, it's kind of funny because currently my project is to research um, artists and that's kind of art history based. And my worst grade ever was in art history, like of any class ever I've taken, like almost <laughs> failing was in art history. And so now, and now I chose to do that for the whole year. But um, yeah, I, I just think you... Um, for a lot of us, if we don't draw or we're not really good at drawing, we, we somehow think we're not creative and there's just so many other things, or maybe you just don't have the, you haven't built up your drawing skills yet, you know? And so it took me a while to learn that I am creative. I just creative in other ways and I just, um, haven't drawn enough to get good at it yet. And all that kind of, um, realization come around, I think. Yeah. And I think that's the same for a lot of people listening. And I know for myself, I still remember, Tiffany, in my art class in high school, she was so good at painting landscapes and at drawing things, and mine just looked really bad. But, you know, here I am now, Um, so I think that's a really great um, way to phrase it for a lot of, you know, our listeners and the people who, you know, I connect with on Instagram is we're we're not creative in that very traditional, straightforward, I can draw sense, Um, but the create but we have to foster that other sense of creativity in ourselves. And I think that's so important. And that's definitely the goal of this podcast is, is for those people who don't feel like they're traditionally an artist or creative to see other ways that they can live their life in a creative way. Exactly. 
Um, so today, um, I am really excited to talk to you about inspiration uh, because I'm constantly emailing Crystal back. Uh, I follow her, you know, I read her newsletter every week, and it's one of the most inspiring um, and informative and encouraging newsletters that I read each week. Thank um, you. Will you give us like a little bit of the kind of breakdown of, of what that newsletter looks like? Sure. Um it's really changed and grown, but right now what it looks like is the first section, I just kind of fill you in on what's gone on in the past week, and I try to gear that towards the creative process, and you know how that's all ups and downs, and so generally it's about whether I'm on an up or a down and how I'm dealing with that, and I try to keep it open to anybody who's creative where it, it could fit with what you're doing too um, and encourage you. Um, and then I have a section of links um, Usually they relate to creative habits um, or art history or um, just something cool, creative that I found online. Um, and then I have a section of what other people are doing. Um, I have a year of creative habits hashtag on Instagram. And so I'll reshare some of the ones that have popped up in the feed there. Um, just to, again, inspire or maybe get you going on something of your own. Um, and so that's kind of the main, main parts of my newsletter. Absolutely. Um, and, and I always read and love that, that first part because it is, it's more like a, like a lesson and, a, and like a story all in one um, about kind of how you were dealing with your creativity that week. And I always love it and learn something from that. Um, and the links are always so cool and not, I feel like, your general Pinterest links. You know, <laughs> they're, not, they're not the like quick tutorials and like the flashy, um, you know, the most beautiful you know, indoor decorator tips kind of thing. Um, they're, they're really deep and thought provoking. Um, but can you tell us why that that's important that we seek out inspiration and, you know, and you can tell us a little bit about your year of creative habits that you're doing this year because you're learning so much. Why, why is that important? Well, I really think it goes all the way back to when I first started year of creative habits, when I was keeping that sketchbook, I found that I really struggled to do a drawing a day if I didn't, if I wasn't researching something. If I, I was do, I was most successful when I would go to the library, pick up a big stack of books on whatever topic that looked interesting, and just have those on my art table to pick up and maybe you know use it as a a drawing reference or to pull some colors from that. Um, otherwise, I'm just sitting at the table with a blank sketchbook page and not knowing how to start. And I don't, I'm not an imagination kind of girl. I don't draw for my imagination and I'm, I'm not a very imaginative person. Um, and so I, I figured out during that first year that that's how I work. I have to have something that I'm interested in to get me going. And so since then, I've always made sure that I built that into each project that I'm doing. And so this year I'm doing... I'm researching an artist each month. I've started out with all women artists just because I feel like that's where I really lack. I don't know that much about women artists. Um, and so each month I choose an artist and I research them. And I can do uh, my own projects based on maybe pull their subjects. Like right now I'm doing Beatrix Potter, so maybe I paint rabbits or draw rabbits. Um, I, could, I don't have to just do their subjects. I could steal their color palette or their style or try out their supplies or... I mean, I don't have to literally copy what they do. I just want to pull one or two things from what they do and then make it my own. 
Yeah, and you've had you've done some really cool pieces, and I think that um, it's really interesting to watch and to see the pieces that I can tell you you really love, and then the ones that I know that you're struggling with. Um, was it Agnes Martin who 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 just does like very straight lines, and they're just everything's so simple. Yeah, and it's it's very abstract. It's sort of um, color fields and. And she does have some patterns in there, but they're really difficult to see. Um, so yeah, that was a tough, tough month. But I love that you're still persevering and you still were creating art, really cool things from that. Um, you know, no matter how you know deep you have to dig to find something, you're still finding something in those inspiration sources. Yeah, I, I just think that that's what works for me. So if you find something that works, you should keep at it. And so researching and being sort of immersed in their life, um, is really, really fun for me. Um, some artists I think are more difficult than others. Um, some, it just comes or also it's timing, you know, how you pick up a book and it's just like the right book for you at that right time. And it becomes, you know, your loved book. Um, I think sometimes I don't always pick the right artist at the right time, but that's okay. I can come back to them. Like, um, Alice Neal, I love her work and she, you know, I could have really done a lot of figurative work that month and it just didn't work out. It was a summer, my kids were home and I was just really busy and I didn't, I didn't really capitalize on that month, but, um, a lot of it's timing too. Yeah. And so what does that process look like for you of, of starting to find a new subject that you, you're interested in to, to ending up with a piece? Um, I know for me that I work best on a deadline. Um, if I don't have one, I won't start or even really get very far. So I try, my sort of goal is to have a piece each week. Um, so I'll research all throughout the week each day. And then I make it a goal that each Friday, sometimes Saturday, um, that I have a piece. And so having that sort of schedule helps, um, helps me. And then I think also over time, you, I look at like, well, I, I did this with this artist. Maybe I could do something similar to that, but with this other artist. And so that's worked out like each month I'll do, I'll always start with a portrait of the artist because usually you haven't researched a whole lot yet and you don't maybe don't really know enough about that artist to do much. So that's a great little starting point to do a portrait. Um, and then a lot of months I'll do like a figure piece because... Um, I can pull a figure from most artists, not all Agnes Martin, obviously didn't do figures, but, um, most artists you can, I can do some sort of figure, but just sort of have, um, general categories. You know, I haven't done this type of piece with this artist yet. Maybe I could do that or, um, and so having sort of those general categories is helpful too, to get me started. And then of course, other times, you know, something just hits you over the head. I'm going to do this. Yes. Yeah, so, but it sounds like most of the time you're, you're actively planning and working towards this. You're not just showing up and sitting down and looking at your paints and saying, what do I paint today? Exactly. Cause that doesn't work for me. <laughs> and so I think knowing yourself and knowing what does work for you and then making sure that you keep doing that is, is a big part of the process. Absolutely. Because we hear constantly, um, through get messy as I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Um, and that's, that's a great, um, tip. So, so now what do you do? So, you know, how are you finding these resources? How are you figuring out what you like? Where are you going for more inspiration and ideas? 
I think when I don't know what to do, my biggest thing to do is to look back at what I've done in the past and say, okay, these were some of my favorite pieces. How can I do that again? Or how can I redo that slightly differently? Um, that's probably one of my favorite things to do when I don't know what to do. Um, lately, I've been also like writing down what, what is my work like? What, what's my style? Um, and then to be able to have that sort of list for yourself. I mean, and you, when you're starting out, you don't know, but it takes time to get that list going. I mean, I kind of know what are my colors. Um, and lots of people are going to know that about themselves. You know what colors you're drawn to. Um, I know that I love silhouettes. And so um, I've used those in some of my pieces and some I haven't. But if I'm stuck, then I can always go back to a silhouette. Um, I know I like collage and that that often inspires my paintings. So if I'm stuck on a painting, maybe I need to go back and do a collage first. Um, and so I think just kind of keeping track of what has worked before and there's no reason that can't work again. Um, that that's really helpful for me. Oh, I love that. I think that's a great challenge for everyone to kind of stop right now and go through and write down a list of things that you're drawn to and just tape it up on your art table and your wall, wherever you create, just as that reminder of, okay, if I'm stuck, I can, I can work on this. Um, that's a great idea. I'm definitely going to do that tonight. <laughs> Yeah. And I, sometimes I feel lost. Like, who am I? You know? And so it's good to go back to that list. Oh yeah, that's me. Those things are definitely me, you know, cause you get on Instagram and you get sort of sidetracked and there's so much cool stuff and it's easy to be overwhelmed or feel little, um, and lost. So it's good to have that sort of centering piece of these are my colors. This is my thing. And it's okay to stray from that, but it's sort of grounding. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've been noticing this as I have been, you know, studying different artists and looking at their process more. I definitely feel like I notice a difference in artists who have a very um, defined process. Their pieces are much more cohesive. Um, they tend to have a story around their pieces. It's not just a like, oh, I threw some paint at the canvas today and this is what, what you know, where we are. Um, you know, they're definitely, they, they find inspiration in something and then they follow it through and they flush it out. Um, why do you think that that's important? What difference do you think that that makes? I think that's huge, but... On the other hand, I should say, I don't think that just happens. I don't think that you just start out and all of a sudden your pieces have meaning and they're have to tell a story and everything. And so I wouldn't want anybody to be discouraged just because that isn't happening for them. So first, I think it takes time for that to happen for you. Um, and so if it's not, it, I mean, there's no reason to quit or it just, it just takes time to build to that. Um, but I think that's huge. If if a piece has meaning to you, it's going to have meaning to people who see it. And so when it has a story that it's gone through with you, that's going to show. And it's going to create more value in that piece. If you're selling it, it's going to create more interest if you just want to start a conversation. Um, and I just think if it doesn't have meaning for you or it doesn't have a story for you, how can you expect it to have a meaning or a story for anybody else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that is that is so true. Um, like I said, as I've been looking at, at other artists who do this, you know, yourself included, I do. I am more drawn to those stories and to those connections that 
that you're making with your art, even if, you know, that's not my connection to it, um, it does help it hold depth and, and stays in my mind longer. Um, and I also think it's, it's that kind of like little obsessive bit of artist. You can really tell when someone loves what they do because they have that obsessive bit to it that they are doing the same thing over and over again or they're really going more and more in depth into into a certain topic. Um, and it is, and it's intriguing from the outside. It pulls you you in also. You want to figure out what it is that's so great about that that thing. I think that it also has a big relationship to social media because we're just seeing bits and pieces of that artist and that process. And so when you're an artist who's sort of telling the story through your social media, the, the story is building as you're telling it and it kind of compounds on itself. And then you also, you're bringing in this, you know, the audience, um, and so and in the way that social media sort of shows up, you know, you don't always get all of the story because, you know, maybe Facebook didn't show you that photo that was in the middle or whatever. And so you're, you're only getting bits and pieces of the story. So I think as an artist, it's really important to tell, you know, to, to really present all of that because not everybody's going to get it and it's going to be intriguing, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what are your suggestions? How, how do we present the whole story of a piece? Oh, well, you're not going to in that because you don't know the whole story up front, I think is important to realize. And so just present what you learned that day or, you know, or how things are going and the story is going to build itself. You don't have to have a plan for this. It's going to work itself out. And the more you write about your work, like if you're a blogger, the more these stories just happen and grow and you start to realize them. Um, I think that's been a big part of my work is having a blog and having a newsletter I'm writing all the time, and so I'm building the story over time, and I'm also seeing things that repeat themselves, and those become part of my style and my story, and those are things I can put on that list of what's me. Um, and if I hadn't written about it, I wouldn't have noticed them most likely. Um, also, if you're like an artist way kind of person where you do those morning pages, I think you'll find lots of starts of the story and things that are you in those pages. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that idea. Um, and even if it's just, you know, like you're saying, keeping a journal for yourself, you don't have to, to blog it, to be a blogger, um, but just finding a way to to keep and collect those stories. Um, like you said, you can look back and see the bigger picture and the bigger story that was happening as you were working. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, the story doesn't present itself till the piece is over. Um, I know, a few, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago, I did these agate paintings, which are rocks that build up over time and they have these layers to them. Mm-hmm. And at first I just did them because they're really cool looking rocks and they have lots of colors and I like color. Um, but as I researched agates and how they form, and I realized that they start with this tiny little spot in the middle and they grow a layer and then they grow another layer and they grow another layer, that idea of how they build and how that was sort of the same as my creative habits, how I started with this one idea and I would build each day a little bit more and a little bit more. I really love that relationship between the two ideas. That was not planned out. I didn't say I'm going to paint agates because it's representative of the creative process in my project. You know, it didn't happen that way. I just realized afterwards that they were very similar. And so, yeah, that's a cool story now. I can tell people agates are like the creative process, but I didn't plan it. Yeah. So can you give us your best tips for 
that research because you I feel like you're very good at research and like I said you find all of these very um I don't want to say non-mainstream but non-mainstream Pinterest is what I'm referring to um articles and research and you know because it I feel like Pinterest is the artist um Wikipedia as that is to students you know how you know they're telling students now you cannot use Wikipedia as a, as a source. Like we have to tell artists now, like you can't use Pinterest necessarily as your go-to source because it's very oversaturated and everyone's on there. Um, and so you know we're kind of so. What are your best tips for kind of breaking out and looking and doing more in-depth research on different topics that you're interested in? How how are you finding all of these fantastic articles and ideas? Well, the majority of my artwork doesn't come from anything on the internet. It comes from the library. Um, I go to the library, I get a big stack of books. I mean, sometimes they're on the artist. Other times they're just, you walk through the new section and pick up whatever looks interesting. Um, and so I think maybe getting off the internet and looking at the library is, is big for me. Plus I like to have that page in front of me rather than looking at the screen. Um, as far as like the links in my newsletters and the things I find online, most of my links aren't really about the image. They're about the writing and what, um, you know, they're about studies about creativity or um, something somebody wrote about the process. And so I'm finding those mostly through friends, like creative friends. And, not, and, not, and I don't mean in real life friends. I mean online friends. Um, you know, you, you start to make that network of creative people and they share things. And I'm just collecting up each week things that they've shared or liked on Facebook and that came up in my feed. Um, and I, But I think I'm mostly drawn to, to articles and links that aren't maybe image-based like Pinterest. I'm looking more at um, ideas. I think that that's my favorite bit of advice that's ever been given on the podcast is to get off the internet and go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, um, I, I buy a lot of books too um, because – especially my art history books. I want to have that sort of book as a, a memento of that month. So I usually buy at least one or two each month um, to have. And you do a book roundup every month and sometimes there's six and eight books. Are you really reading all those books every month? I am. Um, but it's just like the creative habits. I've been doing it for, you know, three, almost four years now. I, I started out with trying to read a book a week. And so now I'm up to maybe two books a week. And so I just think it grows like your other things. And, you know, and they're, some of them are graphic novels and things like that. So they're not really reading intensive, but, but yeah, it just grows. Wow. So I'm going to like go off on a tangent here because I feel like I need this personal sage advice from you. How are you managing your time? Because I feel like you do, you have two children, you are married, you have a dog, you do these big projects that are very time intensive. You read a ton. Can you, can you tell us like your best time management or how you're prioritizing these things in your day? Well, I, well, one thing I should say is my kids are school age, so that's different. I mean, I, when I started this project, they weren't, they were, it was, um, they weren't at school. One of them was still in preschool and one of them I was homeschooling. So, I mean, you learn to work around what you have um, and so right now I have more time because they're both in school. Um, but I, I just think that like in 2014, when I started, I only spent 20 minutes a day on it. 
And as the year went on, that grew. I went to 30 minutes and it went to out an hour and then more. But it, it wasn't like I planned that. It just kind of naturally happened. And I think that's how it goes, you know. And then I went to a painting a day in 2015. So I was spending an hour or two hours a day on things. And so you, once you start to make those holes in your schedule of when you can work, they'll gradually just grow. Um, and so I think that's kind of how it happens. And then you get better at it. You get I mean, you get better at reading, you read faster, you get better at working, you know what works for you. And so you're able to do more in the amount of time that you have. But in the beginning, it's just those tiny pockets of time that you find, and then you just let them grow. That That is very, very perfect, wise advice to just start giving, you know, by giving yourself 20 minutes. Um, because I did, I immediately started comparing myself and like, what am I doing with all my time that I'm not reading eight books a month? And <laughs> Well, the other thing that lately I've been doing is time tracking, because if you don't know what you're doing with your time, then you're probably not using it to the best. I mean, no, I'm not being <laughs> judgmental or whatever, but yeah. no, I'm but I mean, <laughs> in, um, we run a book club in the year of creative habits group every month. And last month we read growing gills by Jessica Abel. And one of the assignments in that book was to track your time for, I don't know, five days. I think it was like not like every single task, but I wrote down like every half hour, what I would, you know, the main thing I did that half hour. And it was huge. Not just, I mean, I was wasting a lot of time, but then you, when you start tracking it, do you really want to write down that you were on Facebook for more than a half hour, you know? And so you start to make changes because you don't want to write that down. And then I, I really haven't stopped tracking my time since we read that book. Um, and it really helped me look at, well, like from seven to 9 a.m., I'm always making breakfast and packing lunches and getting my kids off to school. And while they don't need me every moment, that's a pretty busy time for me. But why couldn't I do the dishes and the laundry during that time? So I'm not doing it during the nine to 11 hour, which is normally my work time. You know, it just made little changes like that made a big difference for me. Oh, I love it. That's a great, great advice. And we'll definitely put a link to the book in the show notes for sure. Um, so let's talk about your best advice to get off the internet and go outside. You write a lot about creative field trips you take. Can you tell us a little bit more about those and any tips you have for taking creative field trips? Um, I don't know that I specifically set out to take a creative field trip. I mean, I have, but I don't like regularly do that. I think we just specifically set out to get out of the house and a lot of times they can turn into creative field trips. Um, you know, we like to camp and kayak and I don't really feel like I come home from those like necessarily inspired creatively, but I do come home from those sort of like reset and ready to work, if that makes sense. Um, a couple weeks ago, we went to a museum and it was a huge creative burst for me to, to really see that, but it's not something I do a lot of. Um, it just happened that on that day, my kids actually wanted to go to a museum. So you definitely take advantage of that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think one of the other things that really helps me too is I finally did find a few people in my town that I meet up with regularly that were all creative kind of people. And sometimes we meet up and do a drink and draw, but mostly we meet up just to complain. Um, and it's really nice to sort of dump all of the bad juju on each other, you know, and like 
complain about how horrible things are going artistically, you know, and then if you leave that feeling so much better. And so that's really helpful for me too. Oh, that's a great suggestion. Um, so what does living a creative lifestyle look like for you? Well, I was thinking about this question. Um, and the first thing that came to mind was a Mary Oliver quote. Um, attention is the beginning of devotion. I love that quote. Um, but it, it makes me think of, I know I'm living a creative life because my kids will say things like, oh, don't throw that away. Mom's going to want to take a picture of it. Um, or, you know, or, you know, the, things like that. The other day we came home from soccer and this dirt clod fell off my daughter's cleat. And so it has the pattern of the bottom of the shoe and it has the holes where the cleats were. And, um, immediately my kids picked it up and were like, that is so cool. And I thought, yeah, attention is the beginning of devotion. They're noticing this thing. You know, we live such a, that's how we live our lives is to notice things like that. And they saved it. They wanted photos of it. Um, so we have this dirt clod on the windowsill that has a cool pattern in it from the soccer cleat. I think that is like the definition of a creative lifestyle for me, a dirt clod. I love it. Uh um and so what is your number one resource for creativity where where would you go is it a book Um, person podcast place it's definitely a book for me um (laughs) the one book that i come back to all the time is probably steal like an artist by austin cleon um i read it cover to cover probably once a year And I get it out a couple of other times during the year, probably when I either am feeling particularly stuck um, and just flip through it, or I'll think of something that I remember from the book and I want to remember exactly how he phrased it. I just think that book is, it's so easy to read, but it has such great ideas in it to get you going. Yeah. Yep. I think he's all of our favorite creative yogi. My goal is to have him on the podcast this, this season. So yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, so Crystal, what is new with you? Um, I had a year of Creative Habits course, and so right now, it didn't really feel like me, and I stopped selling it. Um, and so right now I'm working on a book, and I'm putting um, a lot of the stuff from that course in it and a lot of things from my blog from those first couple of years, and all a lot of my favorite images from 2014's project and I'm putting that all into a book. And so it's kind of a combination course slash portfolio book. Um, it'll be called year of creative habits. And so it'll be coming out in November. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, now is this going to be an ebook? Uh, no, no. Cause I got to get you off your screen and <laughs> it's going to be a, a physical book. Oh my goodness. I can't. Cannot wait. All right. So we're going to have all the links to um, Crystal's book in here. And you know what? I'm going to buy two. Okay. So I'm going to buy two and I'm going to give one away, Crystal. Awesome. Um, So how about this? So if you go get off the internet, you go outside, find something that inspires you and you make something and you share it with us on the how she creates hashtag um, this next week. I will pick a winner and send someone a copy of uh, Crystal's Creative Habits book. Fantastic. 
All right, so we're going to be looking for those on the hashtag, how she creates. Um, and we're going to have all the links to connect with Crystal. But Crystal, you're just at Crystal Moody on Instagram, correct? That's right. Awesome. So people can find you there and find out so much more about you. Um, thank you so much for chatting with me. And I hope to have you back next season again. Oh, that would be awesome. Love it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope it was as inspiring and encouraging for you as it was for me to talk to Crystal. And I'm really excited about our giveaway. Crystal's book is going to be incredible. So she's working on editing it and getting it finished right now. And so in a couple weeks, it's going to be out and it's going to be live. But one of you are going to win a copy as soon as it comes out. So just remember to go out into the world, do some real life research and make something. And then share it with Crystal and I on the How She Creates hashtag and make sure you tag myself Lauren likes blog and crystal at crystal moody so that we can see what you're creating and what you're making and so today is Monday November 6th so in one week Monday November 13th I'm going to announce the winner of the book on the blog so you I mean here on the podcast so you have a week to go out into the world do some real life research make something make some art inspired by whatever you're learning about and then share it with us under hashtag how she creates. And we will announce the winner here next week on the podcast. And as always, all of the show notes are at lauren-likes.com slash podcast. You can find more about me and follow along with my creativity and my creative process at Lauren Likes blog. And we cannot wait to see and we love seeing all of your creativity, your inspiration, what you're making on the how she creates hashtag so you are welcome to use that tag however you like as long as you are sharing about creativity and so we hope that you use that tag to meet other people and make more creative friends just like crystal was talking about in the podcast that's a great way to do that so i hope you're using that hashtag and i will see you guys next week and um, if you are so excited about Crystal's book like I am, I'm going to have the links to the book when it comes out. And I'm going to announce it here on the podcast again whenever it comes out. So I will not let you guys miss it. But if you follow her at Crystal Moody, you will definitely know when it's out and you can grab a copy yourself. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week. Thank you so much for listening to How She Creates. I would love to see how you create. Share what you're making on Instagram using the hashtag HowSheCreates. If you love learning about creativity with me, please leave a review on iTunes and subscribe. Grab your art supplies and I'll meet you back here next week for another episode of How She Creates.